Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Jesus Sampler. I hope you all are having a great week, depending on when you're listening. But per usual, it is about to get better. So this podcast is for the searching, the lost, and the found. And I hope that in sharing a little sample of Jesus with you each week, you will want to know more about him, choose to accept Christ, or maybe the show will light a new fire for Jesus in your heart and make you hustle for the kingdom team. So without further ado, let's jump into episode 27. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. What is up, TJS fam? How are you guys doing? I know I haven't asked you all in a while, and I honestly felt kind of bad. So I know we have listeners from all over, but where I am in Kentucky, it is starting to get just a little bit warmer, just a tad, which is good. And it is currently Super Bowl Sunday. Now, the McCombs house we aren't a huge football family. We're not big football fans. My brother-in-law is. Go Auburn. Uh, But let me tell you, I picked the guys that are listening. You guys are about to cringe so hard. So for the Super Bowl, for example, the 49ers and the Chiefs, I pick who will win based off of the guys that I think are the cutest. And let me just tell y'all, okay, Brock Purdy with the 49ers. He is so cute and he's a Christian. So that's like a two for one deal, right? He is cute. He's a Christian. I know he's engaged y'all. Okay. That was the second thing I Googled, (laughs) but seriously, I looked back at games that he's played. Yes, I did, you know, like study the film, like all the big football men do. I went back and I looked at all the games that he's played, how I think he was like a third string quarterback. And then the first string quarterback got hurt, I think. And he had to, you know, go in for him last season. And And I looked back at the games that he's played and number one, that guy has a cannon for an arm and can run. And then number two, the best thing ever is he's not afraid to share the good news of Jesus with the world on one of the biggest stages for the NFL. And so my money is on the 49ers. So my money's on San Francisco tonight. Go 49ers. I don't know what they say. I think it's like go Niners. I'm not even going to try that, (laughs) but let's get back to the podcast. All right, let's get into the testimony for this episode. And let me tell you, this one ranks high up in the testimony category. I would honestly call this the Titan testimony, because honestly, this is the testimony that really changed my life and really altered my walk with Jesus. So we are hitting the rewind button back to the year 2020. Yes, the year that the world changed forever. It was September 2nd, specifically, the start of my sophomore year of college, aka the year my GPA was the worst it ever was. I'm pretty sure I was on the borderline of being on academic probation because I just stopped going to class my freshman year. So your girl was struggling. I was on the front row seat of the struggle bus. I was taking like six or seven courses and working really hard to get back to a good place in school. And so this was the year of hybrid classes, obviously. And I was home uh, one day and had just wrapped up a biology lecture. I remember specifically just wrapped up a biology lecture. And for the past few days, my dad was feeling a little bit off. He was easily agitated and not feeling good at all. He couldn't rest. He was just really sick, you know, didn't really look that good. And I was taking care of him between classes and Don't ask me why, but I specifically remember grabbing us licks for lunch that day. 
And if you're not familiar with that, it's just a deli with sandwiches and y'all really good ice cream. Like, don't get me started on Lake's ice cream, okay? They're cookie dough ice cream. I'm a cookie dough ice cream kind of girl. They have the best. Anyway, so that afternoon, I had a really, really hard project for biology that I needed help with. And my cousin at the time was, I guess you could say, tutoring me. So I was heading over to my sister's house where he was staying at the time to get some help. And I can recall the moment so vividly. I packed up my bag, slung it on my shoulder and was headed out the front door when I heard a voice. Go check on your dad. Now, y'all, it was just me and my dad home. And this voice was not him. I swear I'm not crazy. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm not crazy. (laughs) And I stopped, stopped dead in my tracks. And I heard it two more times. Go check on your dad. So I doubled back and walked down the hall to my parents' room. And I can just remember how cold and dark it was in, in their room. And I remember seeing my dad's face and how pale it was. Like he had no color to his face. He was just so pale. And you know how your eyes look when you're sick. His eyes were like kind of glass, glossy, glassed over. I asked him, you know, hey, how are you feeling? Do you need anything? I'm about to head out to, you know, my sister's house. Obviously, Mandy's house. Mandy's my sister. But uh, my dad got up from the bed and shook his head. And I'll never forget the words he said. Something's wrong something isn't right. And immediately I'm internally, I'm internally panicking because if you know my dad, he doesn't just say things like this when he does, it's serious, right? So he gets out of the bed, walks to the living room and holds his hand over his chest. And I'm following saying, you know, what do you mean? Something's wrong. What do you mean? Something's wrong. My dad sat on the couch and looked me dead in the eye and said, Peyton, go to the firehouse and tell them that your dad is having a heart attack. If you guys didn't know, my house is literally right across the street from a firehouse. And looking back, I knew that this was a God thing. And it had to be, right? Because that was a godsend that we were just right across the street from the firehouse. And and I remember time stopped. It was like my world just stopped dead in its tracks because those are two words that you never want to hear from your dad. Heart attack. You know, it's it's a it's deadly, you know, like and I'm freaking out. And I felt like I was dreaming, really. I threw my backpack down, didn't even put shoes on, hit the front door, running across the street, just bawling. And I'm trying to get a hold of anybody in my family. And so I get to the building, bust through the front door, and I expect to see the boys sitting in the kitchen or on the couch just chilling. Nobody was there, completely empty. The firehouse was completely empty. And I remember just calling out, hello, and a voice answered back, Hello? Kind of like, uh, this is a voice that I don't really, I don't recognize. And you're in our house. You just busted through the front door. So I round the corner, my mind going a million miles a minute. I'm trying to take a few deep breaths to collect myself because this was the chief. Like he was the big dog. So I was like, okay, babe, you can't go in there. You can't go in there like freaking out because he's not going to understand you. Time's ticking. And he was the, the chief was sitting at his desk and I stepped, stopped in the doorway and said, please help. My dad is having a heart attack. Please. You have to help us. It was just like the same sentence over and over again. And he straightened in his chair and he said, which house are you? What's your name? And looking back, I remember thinking, dude, my dad might be having a heart attack and you want to know my name? Like that was probably a calming mechanism to get me to stop from having a total panic attack. And so I told him my name and how we were in the middle house on the first street. And he said, oh, oh, yeah, you're, you're Larry's daughter. 
Yes, yes. Okay, we're right behind you. I just remember saying thank you like a hundred times over before booking it back to my house. And I remember glancing over my shoulder, you know, expecting to see the boys behind me with all the medical equipment ready to help. And there was nobody there. There was no one. Like it was empty. Like there was no sirens. There was no ambulance. There was no fire truck. There was no men. There was no equipment. My heart sank again. So I get back to the house and tell my dad, you know, they're coming. You got to hold on. You got to hang on. He just kept saying he feels like there's an elephant sitting on his chest and that something is really wrong. And just so you guys know, that is one of the signs of a heart attack is like you feel, you know, pain across your shoulder blades. You feel like a tightness in your chest. You might feel pain shooting down your arm. <laughs> Blot twist. I'm a medical student. I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> but those are just some signs. So Finally, the guys, the firemen get to the house and start doing all the medical things and tests. And the chief said, Larry, you're definitely having a heart attack. Roll medical and get an ambulance here. Call it in right now. And I was sitting in the living room calling my mom's emergency line at work, giving her all the details. And she's rushing out of work, heading our way. And it's just chaos. And I remember I didn't even get to hug my dad as they took him out to the ambulance. I, I told him I loved him and I'll see him soon and that he was going to be okay, kind of just reassuring him because the fear was real. Like it was so real. You could almost like touch like the fear in the room. It was so tense. And I remember one of the younger firemen stayed back and looked at me, looked me over, asked if I was okay. And I couldn't answer because at this point I'm crying again. And, and his words stick with me. Even today, we, he said, we're going to take care of him. He'll be okay. And I thanked him and then I was alone again. And the house was kind of like an eerie quiet. Like it was just so quiet. And I went to my room and I shut the door and just slumped against the wall and cried. Like I never have before or ever since. Like I've, I just bawled and screamed. And I prayed and all I could say was, please, Jesus, don't let my dad die. Please, Jesus, don't let my dad die. I still need my dad over and over again. You know, there's so much in my life that I need my dad for. I don't want to lose my dad. He's my dad. You know, like I need my dad. I'm 20 years old at this point. And I was replaying all the moments. I was rude to him, all the missed conversations that we could have had, the hugs, the love yous. And it was like getting punched in the stomach and all the air is just gone and you feel deflated. But we found out that he was actually having a massive heart attack. And, and the doctors actually said that if I wasn't home, things would have been a lot worse. But God showed up. He was the voice that told me to go check on my dad. He showed up in the form of hugs from people at church, Bible verses that I would find and read over and over again during that time. And this was the time when Jesus was just saying, lean on me. Let me carry you through this. And he did. I mean, this, that season, one of the hardest seasons of my life, taught me that Jesus can carry you when nobody else can. Jesus is there when nobody else is. He is just a constant and definitely was a constant in my life back then and he still is now. So I spent weeks alone at home pretty much all of September. And Jesus was with me on the trip to the grocery store alone, like all those trips in my room late at night when all I could do was cry. He sat with me in the car on the drive to school and he was right beside me in the pew on Sundays. Like Jesus isn't just with you on Sunday. You carry Jesus with you every day. And hard times like that really teach you that he is really there. Like he's real. Like he he walks with you through the hard times. He's there with you through the through the good times and the really hard times. And I couldn't have done it without him. Jesus is just like that. He goes where we go. Once you accept him into your heart, you have Jesus for life. And honestly, I couldn't have done it without Jesus. That was a period in my life where you can ask anyone that I, that I know 
where my faith grew and my dependence on God grew too, because the hardest moments in life, the biggest trials you have, the toughest times that you you face is when our faith grows. So when people ask, you know, why do you follow Jesus? What's your why? This is one of them. This is one of the whys because he saved my dad's life, A, because he led me to a song, Evidence by Josh Baldwin. Go listen to it, by the way. That is such a good song. And that honestly became my anthem for the whole month of September and my testimony song because he was there when literally nobody else was because he would whisper, it's going to be okay. Just trust me. And he didn't walk away when I got angry and questioned why God, when the doctors weren't sure he was going to make it and they found an infection in his foot and had to amputate his big toe before the open heart surgery and just everything seemed to be going wrong. We just got dealt one bad card after another. And my mom and I were talking one night. It was in the, in the thick of it. I mean, he was in the hospital. They were giving him medicine and he was just hallucinating and he couldn't sleep and he was scared. I mean, the fear was real. It wasn't, it did, it didn't just go away once he hit the hospital. I mean, it it stayed. I mean, it was in our house. It was at the hospital. It was on the phone. It was everywhere. Just a fearful, it was just a fearful time for our family. And my mom and I talked one night and I remember the conversation and hearing her say through tears, you know, your dad might not make it. We, we have to face the facts, but I'm trusting God. And I mean, it was a fight, buddy. We were getting kicked while we were down, but my dad survived it all. He's here today. He's alive today. I'm going to have to get him on the podcast at some point. Um, He defeated all the odds and God saved his life. And he literally has the scars to prove it. And I wanted to end this testimony time with lessons I took away from this time in my life. So here's just a few for you to carry with you. Jesus goes with you into the battle and he's with you coming out. You can depend on him always, and you truly find the goodness and kindness in so many people, aka characteristics of Jesus, when you're facing a giant like my family did. We had people, y'all, we had people rallying around us with prayers, meals, and encouragement. I showed up again and again at my church on my own, and I'm so thankful for our church family. Shout out to anyone from my church who's listening. I love you guys. You guys were a rock to me during that time the love that you guys showed me. I mean, we are a family at at my home church and I love you guys so much. And they just showed us so much love and would constantly ask for updates. And I'm so, so thankful for my pastor who is like a grandma to me. She would just hug me and be that grandma figure to me when I needed it the most. So yes, God is good in the bad times and the good times. And that is the story of the Titan testimony. Okay, y'all. So how about we hop into this week's parable for the Jesus Chronicles? We are still continuing this series. Don't ask me how long this series is going to be. I don't know, but it's been pretty good so far. So how about we keep it going? So this one is so good. I feel like I always say that. This one's honestly good. Okay. I hope all of them are good, but this one is just good. As always, I mean, what part of the Bible isn't good? So we are still in the book of Matthew. Surprise, surprise. Um, If you're new to Jesus Chronicles, we are diving into the book of Matthew for a little while. We've been hanging out here uh, for the last couple of weeks. And um, so we just take little parables that Jesus told, you know, the disciples or wherever he was around at the time. um, And we break them down and we talk about them. So today we are going to be in Matthew chapter 20. And this is by far the longest verse spotlight we've had on the podcast. But stick with me. I know testimony time was long. So that means, hey, 
the verse spotlight has to be long too. So hopefully you like the sound of my voice today because this episode might be a little bit longer, but stay with me. It's really good. So open up that Bible or the Bible app and head to Matthew chapter 20. And we are starting at the eighth verse and going until verse 15. So the verses read again, we are always staying in that New King James Version for the verse spotlight. And here we go. Matthew 20, starting at verse eight. So when the evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. Verse nine. And when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. Verse 10. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. 11. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Verse 12, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. So basically, pause, they're like, listen here, buddy. They didn't work as long as we did. You know, we worked through that heat and you're paying them the same? What? That is crazy. Verse 13, let's keep it going. But he answered one of them. So he being the landowner and said, friend, call them friend. You know, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Verse 14, take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man, the same as to you. Verse 15, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things or is your evil or is your eye evil because I'm good? So just a little background of this parable. So these are words from Jesus and he is describing the kingdom of heaven again, kind of like I think last week we kind of talked about the kingdom of heaven. That was another parable, but this is another one describing the kingdom of heaven specifically Jesus compares the landowner, the main character in this parable, to heaven. So this guy heads out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. He found some men and they agreed on the pay being a denarius a day, which I think is like equivalent to like our dollar bill. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. And he sent them to work. So he did this two more times, going out, finding more men and sending them into his field to work. But while walking through the marketplace in town, equivalent to like our Walmart, Fresh Market, Schnooks, whatever grocery store your town has, the landowner sees some men standing around idle. So not really doing anything, just chilling, essentially. I can almost see this guy just looking them over. And he says, why have you been standing here idle all day? And the men respond, because no one hired us. And the landowner didn't answer in a harsh way. He didn't sneer or mock them, call them lazy or no good or talk down to them in a demeaning way. Instead, he responded with this. You also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. And I was researching various translations, really digging deep into this parable because I honestly feel like it isn't talked about that much. And I was looking over one translation and the heading of the chapter read, Christ teaches by a similitude that God is debtor to no man and how he is always calling people to his work. So breaking this sentence into pieces, there are two lessons here. God owes man nothing, yet he gave us everything, the most precious thing in the world. What is that? His one and only son, Jesus Christ. He sent him, John 3, 16, for God to love the world. 
that he sent his only begotten son, being Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you and me. So lesson two in this sentence is that no matter where you are in the world right now, Jesus is calling you to A, first and foremost, the most important thing, the most important thing, the most greatest decision you could ever make, first and foremost, to accept Jesus into your heart and B, to be an ambassador for him every day. That means, and I cannot say this enough, carry Jesus with you from place to place. Let every conversation you have be a shot to show Jesus to somebody. It can be through your actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. It could be a kind smile, paying for someone behind you in the Starbucks line, or maybe sending a note of encouragement to someone, share your Christian playlist with others, or just be there for someone who is having a hard time. That can be Jesus to somebody. That could be, you know, these characteristics of Jesus. You know, it doesn't always have to be preaching the literal gospel. You know, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. It could just be being a, being kind, being, you know, being the bigger person in in a situation. If you're having an argument, be a bigger person and walk away. Um, it, you, different scenarios in my life personally, you know, whenever I'm I'm acting in a different way, in a better way, that can show Jesus to somebody. So. Jesus is calling us to do his work. So his work includes spreading the gospel, the good news that there is someone out there that loves you beyond all your faults and mistakes that can wipe away your past. I do not care what you've done and make you new again. That can mend your broken heart. I am a testimony to this. Girls, if you're listening, if you have a broken heart right now, if you just feel like you're not worthy or you're not, or guys too, hey, it goes works both ways, right? I'm telling you right now, listen to me. Jesus can literally walk into your room, wherever you are right now, and just speak a word and your heart just be mended. And you just feel so complete again. Like that that pain is gone. He can take away the pain. He can take away the conversations that you're playing back over and over. Oh, I should have said this. If I said this, maybe they wouldn't have broke it off. Maybe they, maybe they would want to still talk to me. Jesus knows what is good for you and what season is right to give it to you in. So don't worry about what works out, what doesn't. Just trust God. Just trust God with all of it. So yes, there's someone out there that can mend your broken heart, that can surround you with a new sense of community and people that love you. And his name is Jesus Christ. And you can freely receive him today. You know, the Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. So that's a that's a call to Christians, right? Like that's a call to me right now. And this podcast is part of the work. So I have freely received Christ. And now I am extending the invitation to you today, whoever you are listening. So if you are listening and want to accept Jesus into your heart, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. Wipe away my past, my mistakes, my slip ups and mess ups and make me new in you. Help me to cut out anything that will separate me from you. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again for me. Jesus, let my story be for your glory. Give me the courage to tell my testimony to others to help them see you in me. Help me to extend the invitation to someone else, the invitation of salvation, the invitation that there is a better life outside of partying, outside of broken hearts, outside of not feeling worthy enough, outside of constant depression and sadness and, and feeling like you're like you're a centimeter tall. There's there's such a better life outside of that. And that life is in you. I say yes to you, Jesus, today and forever. We love you, Lord. Amen. 
I wish we were all in person right now because I would have confetti poppers and hug each of you if you prayed that with me because this is the best thing that will quite literally ever happen to you. This isn't like Christmas where it's like one day of greatness and then it's back to normal, you know, like all the decorations come down and you're kind of just like going back to normal. Like, no, you carry Jesus with you everywhere now, like every day, every hour, every minute. It doesn't matter. You know, you could have some off days, you know, not pray like you did the day before, maybe miss your Bible reading but Jesus is still there. He is still a constant in your life. He's waiting for you if you walked away from him. He's always there setting you up setting you a seat at the table. And if you walk by one day, it's still going to be there for you the next day. He's still going to be there for you the next day. So I just want to encourage you. If you just prayed that with me, congratulations. Welcome to the kingdom family. And if you're struggling right now, keep listening because we're going to talk about that too. But I'm so happy for you. Welcome to the kingdom family, y'all. Now, I want to talk about some notes that I hurriedly typed out as they came to me while reading this little parable. And y'all, these are good. So pull out a notebook and a pen, open that notes app and write these down just to, you know, kind of reminisce on these after, not reminisce. That's kind of a weird, sorry. When I'm recording, sometimes my mind gets ahead of my mouth. So I'm like, oh, a big word. And then I'm like, that's not going in that sentence. So forget that I said reminisce because this is not like a glory days, your dad telling you a story about, you know, oh, back in my day, this is a podcast episode. You can go back and listen to it like a year from now. So forget that I said uh, whatever. (laughs) I'm forgetting what I said now, but it's fine. So uh, bottom line, pull out your notebook, pull out your pen, open the notes app and write these down. (laughs) So these are what came to me while um, reading this parable here. So number one, we get a free taste of Jesus. So the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Just like a vineyard offers free tastings of their best wine, we get the chance to get a free taste of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. So the man that died for you and rose again, that conquered death, hell, and the grave, can be yours today for free. There is no price. There's no, there's no catches. There's no contract that you have to sign. He is freely given to you today and freely receive him. So number two, just like the vineyard owner in this parable is pulling people into his field to work, it's the same way with Jesus, right? So he is looking for you today, wanting your heart. There's no secret code to get access to Jesus. There's no guest list that restricted Uh, that is restricted to just a certain amount of people. The gift of salvation in Jesus Christ is completely free. So we can see the element of compassion in this parable, specifically in the verses before, you know, our spotlight today. And this is the second time, you know, talking about verse seven, this is the second time that landowner is walking to the town when he sees more people just standing around because they don't have work to do and he doesn't look down at them, call them lazy or ignore them. Instead, he acknowledges them, opens the invitation of work to them because it's something that they were looking for and that they needed. And something I noticed in this parable is that when I think of a vineyard owner, (laughs) random thought, okay, I think of the dad in the Parent Trap movie who had a giant house with tons of land, horses, and he was just living it up in Napa, California, okay? He was wealthy, wasn't a snob, but he had some money. But the landowner here in the Bible doesn't act like a snob or sit in his house and watch the workers in his field or cut to 2024. He doesn't kick his feet back and watch the football game to see if the Chiefs or the 49ers will win the Super Bowl. I had to. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Y'all had to. Had a little, you know, 
put that in there. A <laughs> uh, little sidebar um, again, Brock Purdy has a great story of faith and he represents Jesus on the field. So I'm rooting for San Fran. Go look up Brock Purdy's story of faith, by the way. Uh, maybe he has a testimony out there, but he just has some really good quotes about Jesus. And that's just awesome that he's like, he's 23 and he's, you know, like in the NFL and he's like a quarterback and he's like not afraid to talk about Jesus in the press conferences when, you know, you could be talking about that great play that you made or the touchdown that you made. He's talking about Jesus and how he lives for him and him alone and how his identity isn't found in football or in the great title that so many people, you know, know him as, but he's, he's, he's like, I'm known for, you know, my love for Jesus and I want that to be made known. So that is awesome. Shout out Brock Purdy, man. You're great. If you ever listen to this, I doubt you do. But anyway, but the landowner was proactive, not just looking out for himself, but wanted to help others. So another characteristic of Jesus shows up yet again. Jesus was not only just just describing the kingdom of heaven here, but himself, too. Like, and I love that so much, y'all. Like, Jesus doesn't always start sentences with me's or I's, but it's more focused on us, the people he loved so much to die for. The vineyard owner represents the kindness and compassion of Christ in this parable. And it's not even hard to comprehend. Jesus doesn't have a ranking list of best to worst follower, okay? Do not get put yourself in a pit. Don't don't back yourself into, oh my, I didn't, I didn't read my Bible today. I didn't pray. I didn't listen to, you know, this song five times. I didn't, you know, pray all the way through. I didn't pray for 20 minutes. That is exactly what the devil wants you to do. Okay. Like if you prayed for two minutes, great. If you read one scripture today, great. Like, and if you didn't, that is okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. Pick up your cross and go on. And so I, that is just a word of encouragement for somebody who's listening. Just just go on, y'all. Like, just pick up your cross and go on. Do better tomorrow. Just pick up, go on. Don't stay there. Don't stay in the, in the pit. And so this parable shines the light on the fact that Jesus loves everyone the same and has no favorites. What a weight that is lifted off your shoulders at the thought of that. Like, the people pleasers like me, like I'm like, oh my gosh, am I their favorite? Am I their favorite? They don't like me. Why don't they like me? I need to find out why they don't like me so I can make it such a battle sometimes, you guys. Like being a people pleaser, you just don't get it. I'm praying about it. Trust me. And so this is yet another reassurance that Jesus gave me while I was studying this is that he has no favorites. Jesus loves you on your good days and your bad days when you're on the mountain and in the valley through the fire and the flood when you're running after Jesus or when you're struggling to even open the Bible or say more than a thank you Jesus for this food let it be nourishing even though it's McDonald's amen like he still loves you you know like there's no end to the love of God and and also another thing about the love of God is it's transformative so once you encounter Jesus you will never ever be the same if you say no that is just some bottom line. You're never going to be the same if you say no. Like, why would you walk away from this? Like, I know it's like, are you biased? Like, I'm not biased. Man, if you knew, like, if you knew how he could change your life, if you could, knew, if you knew how he just walks in your heart's door and you just fill that void that's complete and it's full and you don't want to do the same things that you desire to do. I know people who have great, great testimonies of just how they've turned their lives around. Jesus has turned their lives around because Jesus is a transformative type of God. He's not just sitting still watching you live your life. He's walking through your life with you. And because if you say no, 
your heart has a void. And I just want to say an empty space. It's empty. That is specifically crafted for Christ. I'm here to tell you, whether you said yes to Jesus 40 years ago or just yesterday, or hey, you prayed that prayer of salvation with me earlier in the episode, you earn the same reward, a relationship with Christ, and you get to enter into heaven. And I want to talk about a quote that I read that said, God saves us by his grace, not by our worthiness. I don't know about you all, but I'm glad it isn't about how worthy I am because I'm human, okay? And humans mess up and don't get a lot of stuff right all the time, okay? I'm forgetful. I have doubts. I have road rage sometimes. I have fears and don't always read my Bible all day, every day, and sometimes say prayers when I'm falling asleep and be like, dear Jesus, and I'm like falling asleep. And I'm like, okay, please, you know, please help me through. Thank you for getting me. And it's like halfway sentences that are like, not even making sense and comprehensible and Jesus is probably sitting up there like, what is she saying right now? And I'm like, and then you finally just knock out and then you wake up and you feel bad. Yeah, the whole nine yards. So some synonyms to worthy include big name, VIP, and hotshot. So, and this kind of fits in with football. <laughs> it's a football episode. <laughs> if it was about my worthiness, I'd be putting my name and title before Jesus. And the big names usually carry a lot of pressure and weight, too, with so much to handle. But the best thing about following Christ is that we can hand him our burdens. We can hand him that pressure. Don't put yourself before Jesus, okay? Do not do it. Do not do it because, A, Jesus made the world. There's no beating him. There's, no, there's nothing that you could do in yourself that could top him. There's nothing like go back and read the track record of Jesus. Go back and read how he parted the Red Sea for Moses, how he flooded the earth with Noah, how he literally saved Daniel from the lion's den, how he allowed David to slay Goliath, how he just moved in with armies of people, how he defeated armies, how he scattered them, how he made them fight each other and kill each other. Like it was just so insane. There's just so many Bible stories that are just it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. That's a whole track record of how faithful and loving he is towards us. So, but the best thing about following Christ is we can hand him our burdens and things that keep us up at night, really our whole game plan for life, and he will not hesitate to take it. So the book of Revelation, we all just got the cold chills. Okay, this book is spooky. That book is spooky. Let me tell you guys. But Revelation 4.11 tells us, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Honestly, who can top Jesus? Who can accomplish what he has in his life while on earth? Give sight to the blind, open deaf ears, heal the crippled and the sick, and ultimately dying. And three days later, rising again, taking the keys to death, hell, and the grave right out of the tomb with him. I mean, don't estimate how worthy Jesus is and don't underestimate how much he loves you today. And the bottom line is, Jesus is present in this parable. Plot twist, the landowner, again, is a symbol for Jesus Christ. Y'all, I when I got this, I guess, I don't know if you could say it was a revelation. I was like, yes, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus, man, you were always showing up. But just like, the parable we talked about before of Jesus leaving the 99 to find the one, right? He is looking for people to hustle for him. 
to spread the gospel no matter what the cost is just like Brock Purdy right he's got a big he's got a big title he's on a big stage you know there's a lot of pressure to you know like um maybe I should like but he just goes into the press conferences and just talks about Jesus and it's just so amazing and great to see and Jesus let me tell you this Jesus is worth whatever you were scared of losing let me say that again Jesus is worth whatever you are scared of losing. So I'm a firm believer that if you're running hard for Team Jesus, what is meant for you will just be set before you because Jesus is in the driver's seat and he isn't going to take a wrong turn and lead you down the road. And then the GPS is saying, rerouting, rerouting, proceed to the route. (laughs) If you know, you know, you understand. And you're like, shut up, shut Like I am literally just like, end route (laughs) you just find my way back on my own but you can trust him with all the plans like trust him with it all surrender it all that's where i'm at right now like i'm like i'm just gonna give it all to you god because i literally can't i literally can't do anything on my own so i encourage you that if you've been following christ for a while or just fully just fully surrender to him wholly um what does this mean so what does it mean to surrender to god i'm in this place too again I'm getting personal. I'm in this place too. I'm in this spot right now. Like I'm in a place where I'm just like, I need to surrender everything to him because I, I'm at a point in my, I'm 23 years old. Like, I'm like, I can't do this on my own. There's too much. I have a problem with sometimes anxiety and you know, the world really weighs on you sometimes. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm in a place where I'm just in a, like in a hole. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what there's so much pressure. And let's just say this right now. Let's just say, Jesus, I've been trying to do it all by myself. I've been playing the game of comparison, of not feeling like I'm enough. I've been making a list of what I want to achieve instead of asking you what you want me to do with my life. So right now, Jesus, I give it all to you. My hopes, my dreams, and my game plan on life. I ask that you mold it and make it into what you want it for me. That's surrender. That's what it means to surrender to God. And I believe I just surrendered everything to him. So Jesus, you got it. Take the will. I'm going to sit in the passenger seat. You're driving now. (laughs) And let me tell you from what I've heard from other Christians, when you fully surrender to Jesus, you're in no better place. There's no better place than that because everything you have is now in the hands of the maker of the universe and he's not going to steer you wrong. I promise you that. And I just did it with you. So we're walking in this new season of surrendering together. And if you want to put in the comments down below what you've been struggling with, let's start a prayer chain if you want. Um, I know Apple and Spotify both have comment sections. So put it down below what you're struggling with and let's start a prayer chain for each other because this is a family and let's just pray for each other. All right. So before we end out the episode, I want to talk to the listeners who have been following Jesus but are struggling. So maybe you haven't read your Bible in a hot minute or haven't prayed for a while. So just like I mentioned yesterday or yesterday, um, just like two seconds ago, if you're struggling with anything, please put it in the comments below. Let's start a prayer chain for each other. I really like that idea. So if you have anything, I can start it off if you want. Um, put it down below in the comments. And let's pray for each other. So I'm here to tell you that it's okay. 
you know, just pick up where you left off tomorrow or pause the episode and go flip open the Bible or get along with God and just talk to him for a while because Jesus conversations are the best conversations. There's no, again, there's no ranking with Jesus of best to worst follower. He loves each and every one of us the same. So continue to build on your relationship with Jesus because you never know who you're impacting in the world. I don't care if it's your part-time job at Suntan City. It's that's where I worked like before my big girl corporate job. You don't know who you're impacting in college or in high school, middle school. I don't know. We have a lot of listeners who are different ages or, you know, in the grocery store, wherever you are, you know, you carry Jesus with you everywhere. So you never know who you're impacting in the world. And the enemy would love for you to quit and walk away. Simple. It's such a simple, he just wants you to quit. Like that's literally all he wants you to do is just quit and walk away. But just think if there's something telling you to quit, that you're not good enough, that you've messed up one too many times, and that Jesus just doesn't truly care about you, and that you're honestly a burden to him. Remember this. There's a reason that voice is saying those things to you, because the enemy is scared of you shoving him, or let's be real, just connecting your fist with his face, because I wish the devil was just actually a human. I would deck him so hard. You don't even, you have no idea and continuing your journey with Jesus. Why is he scared? Because you have a call and a purpose to spread the good news of Jesus with others. There's people out there that need your story of what Jesus has done for you, that need to hear that even though it's been a while since you prayed or read your word, the minute you start again, Jesus is the same. The word tells, the Bible tells us Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the He is constant. He never changes. We might change. Our feelings, do not get me started on feelings. We don't rely on feelings. We rely on faith, okay? Because your feelings will take you on a roller coaster. One minute you're happy, the next minute you hit a red light, and it's like one of those red lights that are like, you're going, it's green, and then it's yellow, and you're like, yellow, you can still go. And then it hits to red, and you're like right on the line, so you got to slam on your brakes. Your coffee spills all over your car. Whatever's in your backseat comes flying in the front seat. It's just one of those lights that just makes you mad. So you're mad. A minute ago, you were happy. Now you're mad. <laughs> Your feelings change. Jesus doesn't change. Jesus is the same. And so you have a call and a purpose, right? To spread the good news of Jesus with others. That is the bottom line. This is not about me. This is about him. My life is not about me. It's about spreading his word, spreading the good news that Jesus loves you. There's so much power in that message. And he will still speak to you and encourage you. And he'll be happy that you're back. You'll hear him say, I'm so glad to hear from you. I've missed you. Welcome home. And that is the sweetest thing. That's so, that's the sweetest thing about Jesus is that he doesn't turn a cold shoulder to you. He doesn't give you the silent treatment whenever you come back again. It's kind of like the prodigal son. We've talked about that, that story in the Bible here on the podcast before, you know, the son you know, did some stuff. He was away. He lived with the pigs. He was dirty. But the minute he came home, the father was waiting for him. He wasn't sitting in the house eating, enjoying the dinner, you know, with his, you know, he he was waiting for him. He was looking for him and he ran out to meet him. And Jesus will run out to meet you today, no matter the circumstance. He'll just be happy that you're back. He'll just be happy that, you know, you're close with him again, that you want to get close and be thankful that you still have the desire to get close to God, you know, despite whatever it is that you're, you've done. All it takes is, Lord, please forgive me. Don't, that that does not mean, you know, take advantage, you know, go do whatever you want. No, don't take advantage of God's grace and mercy. To repent means to change. I mean, that's, that's the main point. You know, like if you repent, it's a full 180. You know, Jesus is, is, is again, 
a God of transformation. He'll transform your life. Just give it all to him, surrender to him, you know, and watch him change, watch him do something great with your life. You're, you're destined for, you know, such a great story with Jesus because Jesus never loses. He always wins. And so as always, let's close this episode out with a prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everyone listening. Lord, help us to fully surrender to you. Help us to not not think about our past all the time. Lord, help us to let it all go. Lord, let us give you our game plan for life. Help us to spread the good news of, of you to others, Lord, the good news of the gospel. The gospel is good news. It's great news. Lord, help us to, to tell others that no matter what you've done, that you still love them, that you still want them on your team. God, I thank you for what you're going to do for all of us in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. That is a wrap on episode 27. Again, don't forget to hit that follow button. Let's build the TJS family up. Give the show a five-star rating, bump it up, you know, have more people find us here. We love to see the show growing and click the bell for notifications so you don't want to miss what's coming. Um, Last week, we had our first video podcast with Ms. Jolie. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Those will be uh, more coming, (laughs) more coming for sure. So share this podcast with someone so that they can learn more about Christ or maybe accept them into their heart. You never know what kind of day someone is having and maybe by some miracle, my voice talking about Jesus might help them out a little bit. So share the podcast with someone today. Have a great week or weekend, depending on when you're listening. Have a great Super Bowl, you know, watch if you're watching the Super Bowl. Um, As always, don't forget to tell someone about Jesus today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you next week in the next episode for episode 28. Bye, guys.